time you guys made an ad about drinking cum <laughs> how often you talk about that i didn't have anything to do with that sir no, you were not a darn far thing. away at that time safely ensconced in san marcos texas just jumping from the top of a joe's crab shack directly into a river that's right <clears throat> that's I'm right so, i'm so like uh, belatedly worried for you so well everyone there was uh just kind of sounds like you want to die how come the opposite of belatedly is not elatedly it's a great question like i was gonna say just everyone there was quite concerned in the present mm-hmm. you know Edie patterson spent a good amount of her time in san marcus gary's daughter she's judy gemstone oh okay you started season three three? Oh, you're not into it at all I no, I like I like it. You telling me there's already been a two? Yeah. Come on. I probably saw Cuh. that. I guess I just don't recall. Well, season three just started a couple weeks ago. They just put two up the first week. I've only seen the first episode, but there's a power team element. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I think I saw some kind of uh, discussion of that. There- no, dude, you're just wrong. Is it two? Yeah. Oh. No way, right? I mean, I just, I, I typed in Righteous Gemstone Season 2, and the first thing on Google... F me, you're right, sorry. Episode 4 aired on January 23rd of 2022. Their power team is called the God Squad. That's great. <laughs> they're ripped. That's just great. Well, of course, they're ripped. Dan was having a hard time when I was trying to explain to him, this is off the air, that they came to my school twice. And he was like, didn't you go to yeah. a public school? Uh-huh. Or it was in Texas. I'm like, yeah, dude, but... Perhaps you're unfamiliar with and, and the it was, general ethos of the state. It was probably till I was like early, mid-20s before I like really thought about Even this. Even had a second, yeah. But like the, the virginity pledge card? We never had a virginity pledge card. I don't think anybody was worried about you guys down at Excel. That's not what I'm talking. I don't think that you were talking. And one, they should have been. Actually, I was going to say, I knew the second that one left the hand, it was going to the upper decker because who are you more worried about than smacked out 15-year-olds or ruining their life? There were girls there that were there because they were already strippers. (laughs) Worry about them. That was not smart of me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean, the purity pledge guy... Was definitely a, a, a pastor okay. of some sort. Like, I mean, he, I mean, I remember uh, during what was the week? Red Ribbon Week? Did you have Red Ribbon Week? Something like that. Blue Ribbon Week, Red Red Ribbon Week. That Maybe sounds right. Ribbon. But yeah, there there was a day where they had me sign a card saying that I would never do drugs. And the first time someone offered me drugs, I was like, "I'm sorry, sir. I signed the card." And the second time someone offered me drugs, I said. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Red Ribbon Campaign apparently still cooking. Yeah. And that one's just drugs. You get to wear your pajamas to school. 
And also, don't smoke crack. <laughs> it's a real cohesive thing. It makes a lot of sense to a lot of people. Yeah. And if you read all these books, stuffed crust. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny if you think about just like <laughs> the alignment of so many like incentives that are just perfectly, I want to say American, but I mean, it's probably just fucking kids. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like if you didn't know it existed, read books for pizza would be a very funny concept to be pitched like on a TV show about education. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. And I, I see I mean, how this is uh, dovetailing with, you know, t- general perceptions of Americans, but if you're trying to get a kid to do something, offering them yeah, free yeah. pizza, I think that the problem is that we don't have enough uh, positive virtue for pizza exchanges going on, which I guess it's just on me as a parent to buy the pizza and then make the trade. Yeah, or uh, enough positive incentives on the other end of the deal for books, right? Like uh, exempt from Red Ribbon Week if yeah. you read. Or let them smoke crack if they read enough books. Do you know what's wild too? Like... I don't know if this – I well, actually, I'm positive this is not still going on given that we're putting every book in every school library, you know, before the court today. But, man, I remember – and I swear this was in elementary. I swear this was in elementary because I remember the layout of the library where I first saw it. Okay. We just – we had a book. We had books, like a series of books. And, like, the one would just be Reflex, called – Reflex, but all right. Marijuana. Hell, Yeah. I'd read or that. a book like called Cocaine. Tight. And it's just a book like just it's the stories of people using cocaine. It's, it's all it was all just like a scare. Jenny thing. was trying to have the night of her life. <laughs> right. She scored big and then she did. Like, have the night of her life. Thinking back on that, I'm like, how did I have a book on cocaine at 10 years old? Did you do a line off it? Uh yeah, lined it up right there. Uh I did one off of the cocaine book and one off of Wonder Shows and yeah, yeah, yeah. went about my my merry way. We That's heard from an education professional while we're talking uh, education. On the show? Uh, I don't know if he wants his name out there. I don't know. This is pursuant to last week's Patreon oh, conversation. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I know what you're talking about. Should we re-up that? Uh, yeah, because it was on Patreon. It was, the question was... What's the oldest age that you personally could fight two at the same time and be confident you'd win? Yeah, and in, and by fight, I think it means like you don't have to like kill them, but like they're leaving. Yeah, they they quit. Yeah, you don't quit. You win the fight. Yeah. Uh, and I and think so. We, you were you were thinking around fourteen was possible. Yeah. And this guy says, I teach freshman Spanish at a 3A high school. And I can assure you that none of us could take two league average freshmen in a fight. One at a time, yes, but not two. And I think after thinking about it, he's right. But we never really settled on the number. What do you mean? Like if – because I think by the end of it, you would kind of convince me that maybe two – 14-year-olds was going to be biting off a little more than I could So you, digest. Yeah, you didn't set what number you think the most was? Yeah, because I think 10, I don't think I'd have a problem with that. I, I think 10's around where I would start to think you got a chance. I'm, I'm less confident you could take two 10-year-olds. 
Two 11-year-olds sounds tough. But I got this, and then within like five minutes of receiving this, uh, Shane and Colleyville weighed in with 100% confidence that you could dust them. At what age? 14? Yeah. Shane's a, Shane's a big boy, though. Well, he may yeah. be applying his own. He, Shane is a – Shane's – I'm not small, and he's considerably larger than I am, and he's fit. Yeah, no, nah, he he would do well beating up kids, but uh, I his his point, and that this is just I, I kind of want to take this back to the the teacher and see what he thinks about this, is less that like fourteen uh, year olds aren't burly, and more that at that age you're gonna have an easier time turning it into a one on one, that one of them is gonna be stunned, and I think that we both agree that if the kids are not fighting effectively together, yeah, that you got a pretty good chance. Yeah. Like, you can beat up a 14-year-old, and then you're probably not going to be so tired after that that you can't beat up another 14-year-old. If you're doing one at a time, I think this is pretty good. So I, I just, I, I would I would wonder what the, uh, the the coordination level is between the two at that age. I, I tend to think that, I mean, I, I stand by what I said. 10 is around where I start to think you got a chance. I, I would probably put it as nine. You, you, could, you could dust two nine-year-olds. Ten-year-olds weigh seventy pounds on average. There's two that, of them, though. I know, but that is, and let's see, average height here is like four six. Okay. Right, my math good there. Fifty-four inches. I mean, dude, you, yeah. As long as they don't, I really think even at at ten or eleven, even if they don't approach you like the Foot Clan. And give you the opportunity yeah. to fight the ball one on one. I think you're good, but I think once you get up to like 12, 13, like I'm, I'm probably tucking my my chain at that point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have always wanted to clang two people's heads together, though. Would be good, yeah. I mean, it sounds like it hurts. It just. I, I don't like it. Just thinking about. Don't it. know if I've ever actually I'm seen it. Obviously, I haven't seen it in real life. But I don't know if I've ever seen it like in a fight video. Yeah. Like I've only seen it in movies and it looks incredible. I mean, you've certainly bonked your head good time or two. Yeah, and I've bonked my head on another person's head. Yeah, I don't like that. But I've never had somebody. Yeah, just. (laughs) One hand on one side, one on the other. Just get them. Yeah, no, we should set this up. If anyone out there has a couple of 10-year-olds. And want to teach them how to be a real man, boy or girl, let us know. Yeah, I mean, I'll do it. I mean, we could even put gloves on if you want. You know, that, but we're going to have to go to the ground a little I bit. I just can't believe that the ticket really did play like a girls' high school team. I think we should do that again. I think you should do it every, every, as often as you can. I thought that was awesome. It was an awesome it listen. Was so awesome. Yeah. I think, see, I've proposed a number of ideas like this. Uh, and this is hard to plan. I feel COVID. like, yeah, it's hard to plan. It's such lightning in a bottle that it happened. Yeah. But I, I have to think that it was a formative experience for the organizers, checking themselves at how deeply nervous they were that the entire station would cease to exist as they were putting this together and decided that that was not a pain they wanted to live with again. Just because of the, like, it's because of, like, culturally? I mean, it's grown men playing against fourteen-year-old girls. Well, I think they were—they were—they were all high school aged, right? I don't think they were. You're fourteen grade. in high school. 
Ninth yeah. grade is high school. Oh, no, I'm just saying. Like, I think there were some 16, 17-year-olds out there. But I may be misremembering yeah, that. Yeah, no, there, there were a couple. It's you a were, high school team. You were reporting live on the scene. Yeah, they, they wanted me to do stats, and I, I thought I was up to it, but I, I think that, I don't know. It's harder to keep stats than you think. And I had done it before, like, but just like points. And they're like, you know, what's the shooting percentage for number four? I'm like, guys, I do not write that fast. See, I've had the idea similar to our fight thing of like, my question was how young of an indoor soccer team could beat us? Yeah, or, I, mean, I think you're like eight. Yeah, because I mean, I've seen they're just they're good. I know, and there's but there it's like it's small spaced. No, it's it's older than eight because Daniel's not going out of bounds. My brother's kid plays uh, soccer, and uh, in in the backyard, he and I were messing around, and I've never soccer's always been you know like I'm weak at all sports. Soccer's one of the weaker ones, if you could imagine, and I was just fucking dusting him. It just wasn't a problem. And he's six, I think. So eight. Yeah, you guys are killing eight-year-olds. I don't even know what I'm saying. See, I don't know. I think there's a big jump there. But I also, in my hypothetical, I wanted to play like the top-ranked AU team in the state. Yeah, now that's that's like a I, good one. Just because it would be very funny to see people that small just dance us. Crisp passes. Yeah. <laughs> just, 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 just bending it in. And then they just start messing with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, I think just that would take be, it off your foot. I God, I would fucking love to see an eight-year-old. That's like I wanted the top, your- top. I wanted <laughs> Trump's recruit soccer team, top recruits for Trump or whatever from Van Guy. I you wanted just, to play you, that team in indoor. You need to contact <clears throat> like not not like within the station. You need to get Ducey there. Get like all the top cameramen of Fox Four. I just I need visual like. Just the like really good quality <laughs> highlights of you getting fucking toasted by an yeah. eight year old. And the kid like cartwheels past me as he's celebrating. Like and one tour, you gotta go home, you just fell on the turf. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean I, I really do think a team of eight year olds highly trained might be able to pull that off. Oh my god, I would love that. <laughs> it's just you're trying to find the breaking point of like it's funny, but it's like kind of competitive for a minute. I don't know. I just, but, and I'm not even saying this like as I'm exempt from it. I think uh, it's also related to something we talked about last week, which is just that, just that everything hurts more when you get old. Jesus, ain't that the truth? As uh, Nathan said, uh, I heard you guys on IJB talking about how much more things hurt as you get older. We were also talking about like dudes who worked the fields. Mm-hmm. Like my grandfather being manual labor his whole life. He says, my almost 74-year-old dad still plays baseball two to three times a week. Played in the fall with three hernias. He grew up on a dairy farm in Amish country with no HVAC. Yeah. So to him, this is still living. Yeah, but on the <laughs> other hand, you know, there's the John Madden and Cliff Kingsbury are the same age. That's John true Madden too. when he retired. I mean, you know, like we are managing to look great and that – I I don't know what we primarily attribute that to, but probably spending less time in the beating sun is a positive on some level. No doubt. I don't know. I don't know what to explain it. And oh, yeah. that's a huge part of it, dude. People wash their face. Yeah. People brush their teeth. People some, put on sunscreen. There are those brave warriors out there. You're no longer among them. You I laid know. down your shield. I know, but I salute them still. 
Is that going to be like when Keith walks by the rave? Yeah. That's in season yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're just going to be so, like the next time you see somebody, would just gunk all in their shit. It's like, hard. Damn. It's hard. <laughs> I don't know. Is this where I'm supposed to be in the land of the teeth brushers? That old life be calling. Like I honestly sometimes get nostalgic and think about a lot of the fun, funny stuff we've done in 10 years of doing this. Mm -hmm. But when it's done, I want people to remember the arc of your toothbrushing <laughs> journey. Like I want that to Who be. Who knows if it's done yet? Because it really sums it up about it. Like this is a coming of age podcast. You know? <laughs> Whatever. Like no, I mean like in a serious standpoint, people have watched us like different career change stuff like these guys are like oh i'm gonna be titty fucking forever and then they had kids and they're complaining about their knees <laughs> and like that part is real but then like really the best way to sum it up is the guy who early on was defiant about a very basic aspect of hygiene and towards the latter stages you know we're having the <laughs> the debate with the kid now she doesn't like it I don't think any of them do. We've, yeah. We've got some tricks, but. Um, and I kind of want to, you know, like kind of crouch down, down on her level, look her right in the eyes and be like, they're going to tell you a lot of stuff about this over the course of your life. But I just want to know, I want you to know, you cannot give one shit about this for 35 years. You won't lose any teeth. Now you're, so now that's the banner you're hanging. Well, I'm just saying, like, <sighs> you know, the. the you'll have some cavities yeah you know? like 25 hours of dental work in three weeks well yeah you think that like cumulatively in your life you've probably had something that's a good I, point i just I kind of packed it in yeah it's not packed bad it in. it's not bad uh yeah but i just <laughs> whatever they tell you these uh these stories or whatever you, you can not give a fuck and if you want to know how bad is it going to be you got to go, you know, go in early to the dentist a couple times a week for like a month. You you can get through it. Oh, you can go to rehab. <laughs> yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah. No, you don't want to do heavy drugs. Um, another thing that... Uh, I just want to be clear. You, uh, you prove you don't have to. Use heavy drugs to get to rehab? Yeah. I mean, I was on that Dexedrine, dude. I don't even know what that is. It's not a heavy drug. It's like a prescription pill. For like Ritalin? Or not for Ritalin, for like ADD or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't give it to me, but one of my friends, he would... That's he, how he ended up there? No, he would give... It was like a, on the outside in regular high school. Oh. He had a, a Ritalin script. He didn't want to take it. So, you know, for a while, he would come in in the morning and just hand him to me. Okay. I'd save him up, take a bunch at once. All right. That sounds like a great time read a shitload of books you know uh <laughs> book it up i felt alive <laughs> no i i god i think there was another i i did end up reading about someone who had a serious dexedrine problem like i did it twice like what i the thing yeah. that i'm describing <clears throat> um and I mean, you know, it is an upper. Like it, I was, it was very much like I'm. A, this is why, you know, I I do think that they should have put me in a, a shorter term thing, but Jesus Christ, obviously someone had to pull me off the streets. Like, yeah, if that had instead been like fucking, uh, what was the the crocodile? 
Oh yeah, the, like, like Russian. the Russian bleach. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like I wasn't saying no to anything. I could see a world where you got addicted to Russian <laughs> yeah. street bleach smack. Yeah, no. If if, if bath salts were selling, were will, willing to, if head shops would sell those to fourteen year olds, yeah, then I certainly would have bought it. Um, and but yeah, uh, you know, it was just it was it was my first time ever doing an upper. Like I. I remember I I took it was I didn't know how long it would take to kick in, you know? Like I I mean I just had no idea about drugs at all. That was the whole point of the thing is like I've heard about these drugs. Some of them do different things. I think there's only one way <laughs> we can really determine this, and that's take as many as possible whenever you can get the opportunity. And uh so I was I I think I like had a fight with my parents and I'm like, I just want to forget about all this. So I went in my room and popped them. And uh, nothing happened, and I just went to sleep. And then I woke up at like three in the morning, oh, fucking yeah. wired. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think I like woke myself up because of how hard I was grinding my teeth. Yep. And that was the first time I learned that whenever you take uppers, you do tend to grind your teeth quite a bit. Um, and then yeah, I just you know I felt happy. <laughs> it's uh, it's something else, folks. Watch out though. Watch out. Or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, the other thing that we we talked about last time we met, but it didn't make it to the podcast, despite the last thing we said before hitting record was, oh, yeah, we should start so we can get this on the podcast. And I'm going to be honest with you, that probably happens a lot. Yeah, I think so. This one just bothered me. Like, I texted you the next morning at like 7. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Fuck! I woke up to, God damn it, we didn't even get to it. Um, it was just, uh, you know, everyone had had the conversation. We participated in it of uh, whether or not Nancy Reagan gave good head. <laughs> and I think that uh, that is phrasing, how it sir. ended up uh, being talked about. But the original tweet was just a comparison of Nancy Reagan and Madonna. You know, that Madonna had the, she's she's in her 60s now and was still wearing sexy stuff and comparing to a photo of Nancy Reagan. So really the question, if we're, and I would say you have won me over. Uh, that Nancy Reagan probably did give at least decent head. Um, but how would she compare to Madonna, I think is the question. Okay, a lot of factors here. <clears throat> Let's go to the tail of the tape. On Madonna, we have, obviously, she is a person with a very high sex drive. Like, Seems like it. Like, And I think, I mean, I don't think you can build your entire persona and image as being sexual provocateur and that all be fake. I, I mean, she was obviously really into sex. And I would say not all the time, but a lot of the time there, that's going to mean that that person, male, female, whatever, is into all of it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I think from there, we continue to the more into it someone is, they probably become skilled at it. Like, I think in general, that's a pretty one-to-one -one comp, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if you are a porn star... And somehow sex is not, you've got not, not got to the point where sex makes you sad. I imagine if you meet up with the random, like, uh, from the YMCA, you're an NBA player. Like you're, you're going to be able to do things they're not ready for. Mm -hmm. So I think that puts me on her side of like why she would be a solid sexual partner. The problem, though, is that I do think once you reach a certain level of fame for a certain level of time, you everything in your life becomes about you. 
So like interesting I think, point. I I think Madonna is still probably pretty into sex, just as a person. But I think there's a chance that her desire to be anything other than completely satisfied and not care about anybody else may have dwindled a little bit. Whereas it seems like Nancy Reagan kind of pictured herself as like her highest version of herself was you know as a a unit you know like as as a part of this partnership right you know that she she viewed her value is and you know i think there's some real problems with this and i would encourage women to, to think about life in a different way right in these in these modern times but uh you know the upside was that ron was getting off every time <laughs> <laughs> i would bet yeah and i think also the fact that she uh started out you know, when was Madonna was famous when she was like what, twenty? I don't know if it was that young, but yeah, very young. Nancy Reagan. I mean, I didn't even know any of this, obviously, but like, she was. This is also a really shitty thing that factors into this, unfortunately. But you know, it's a tale as old as time, which is probably decreased quite a bit especially with the last few years. But I think if you're like Hollywood production person, extra like bit player in 1950 and you're a female, like we've all heard the stories. Like of how people were, you know, what was expected of a lot of female people in that industry was to sleep around. Yeah. Like shitty as it may be, I think that's a reality. Yeah, I don't know. I never know if like it happens 10 times and all of those are publicized or if it happens a million times. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I, I yeah, I do know what you mean, but I'm... I'm I think that the interesting aspect of all of this is just that I think the reason why we can talk about this so endlessly is that uh, sex lives are private, you know? Like uh, you, you have no idea. Like, I mean... In the couple of cases where celebrities have had sex tapes leaked, then I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what the skill level is. But in all other cases, it's just, you know, it's, it's what we're doing is kind of like looking at other things and then projecting, but like it's such a black box, you know? And I'm going off almost exclusively uh, cinematic and television portrayals of what the 1950s were like. Mm -hmm. I have no idea, but I assume that's based on something. And I assume... I mean, it somebody... definitely happened. Like the Natalie Wood thing, uh, her uh, rape allegation against uh, Kirk Douglas. Yeah. We did this before. We just totally did. <laughs> Who was the other? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Can't tell. The t okay. Yeah, Kirk Douglas. You know, I mean, like that, I, I believe that that happened. And I, don't, I guess I'd be surprised if it was the first time. He's like, yeah, you know, one time some a young actress came to me and this is how I reacted. But the rest of the time, I just gave him the name of my agent and wished them luck. Right. Yeah. It's Dan's theory, right? Yeah. If it, when you find out about the guy who did this and the woman was appalled, it's probably because it worked before. Yeah. And for Nancy Reagan, I mean, she's breaking into the business. Boom. She's married to the guy... <laughs> from bedtime for bonzo and <laughs> from there the rest is history so i guess it de my answer to the question would be it would depend on when you caught up with them you know 
Yeah, I think that there's... Uh, well, I think there's a case to be made for Madonna's peak. So you're saying, like, Madonna in her 60s, Nancy Reagan was giving better head in her 20s? <laughs> like, Yes, at, no, of at course. The, at age, I don't know that she's beating her ever. Because, like, you're right that, like, maybe as Madonna goes along, like, whatever, but, like you've seen the pictures <laughs> are you having a hard time saying which one's the better sexual partner between those two pictures uh no i'm not i'm not madonna was born the year before my dad she was born like i don't know a couple months apart from my dad that's insane you know what's super weird too is that i mean i could not look away from that video of from her and her and the crew the other night yeah it was great and somebody made the observation that uh, I don't remember exactly how they put it, but like that super famous people don't know how to chill because they're so constantly used to you? being like the only person there that everybody's trying to talk to that when you get like four or five people that are like super mega star, I don't even think they know how to like talk. Like that shit looks super boring. Yeah. And awkward. I mean, like it looked like a high school lunchroom where everybody. You know, I'm not sure that if you took the two second video <clears throat> of every time that we've had a great time, that it's always like just popping off as like whatever. They didn't get to, you know, do the highlight reel of when they, they got their best YouTube clip on the big screen and all the boys are getting rowdy. Uh, you know, I don't know that we can judge it by that, but I think that you probably are right. Madonna looked like the only one who was having a good time. She looked like she was trying to look like she was having a good time. That's a better way to put it, but she was the only one at least at doing least that. A, yeah, yeah, trying somewhere. Um, but, you know, whatever. It's Did a, we ever even read the bedtime for Bonzo plotline? I don't know. I, I, don't, I was also wondering if the discussion about Reagan turning down two because he thought it was sufficient, wasn't sufficiently realistic. The audience just won't buy this. Yeah, I, I that was on the show. Okay. I'm almost positive that was on the show. But the plot line right here, we got to find this movie, dude. It's It's only an hour and 20 minutes long. Here's the first line of the plot. Ronald Reagan stars as psychology presser Peter Boyd and climbs out on a ledge of a college campus building to rescue a suicidal chimpanzee, Bonzo. And then there was another script that Ronald Reagan read where he's like, well, compared to this, this new one isn't believable. What, what could that possibly contain? I think they did make Bedtime for Bonzo too, right? It's called Bonzo Goes to College, sir. <laughs> okay. But featured... Well, it sounds like he was already at college. But it features none of the original performers. None of the, at least the three leads. Yeah. Because the monkey died in a fire. Uh, what's interesting, no, did it? Yeah, I think so. What's interesting is that the, yeah, Zoo Fire, you're right. Two weeks after the premiere, she was probably really smoking drugs. It. Yeah. Uh, and we, I know we mentioned this, Bonzo goes to college, the, uh, the character of Bonzo played by a chimp named Bonzo. That's good. That's good. When you run into that little accident of fate there. I love the poster. It's a monkey throwing a football. Which, I mean, I've long said that there's nothing there's nothing you can have a monkey with a football helmet on doing that's not funny. Think, a helmet of any kind. I Put think him in that's a little, obviously right. A yeah, little motorcycle outfit. Headgear. You know? 
<laughs> you put anything little like patent era military helmet on the chimp's head and yeah you've got a recipe for comedy <laughs> to little fuddy-duddy ron reagan's like i'm in a i'm in a tour this is not up to my standards <laughs> i would love to have a serious like just what is the vegas line on madonna being good at sex like obviously the favorite is that she's good at sex but i think that there's Value. Some kind of situation where, like, you just you get the reputation, and yeah. I, I think a lot of times <clears throat> reputations are, especially with someone like that, who it's not like the reputation is based on being with her at a party and observing her behavior firsthand. I think that there's a lot of times that celebrity, like their actual persona and their you know public persona have very little relationship because what are you basing your idea of who they are off of like how many what how much have you like observed madonna in your life like in person it's zero and in total it's like what 10 hours that you might have seen of her in giving performances or if like, that yeah but like you have this idea so i'm just saying like uh Given the evidence that you're basing your opinion of Madonna off of, you should give a lot of credence to the idea that your opinion is incorrect. And then I, I think also that if she's someone who like early on, you know, all the A&R people around her are like, you know, you can make millions and millions of dollars if you act like you love sex. And she just, she, I, I think that loving sex and acting like you love sex are not the exact same thing. And it's likely that she does both, but like it's certainly not guaranteed. And I just how to price that in the uh, in the betting market, I think would be an interesting. Yeah, exercise. that's true. But like then she took it. She did take it to an extent to her personal life, though. What do you mean? Like by I that? mean, you've I've, I've heard wild stuff about her Rodman times. That like they were all yeah. And like yeah, you don't yeah. really you never really You're heard right. that about like Britney Spears. No, like A and R definitely told her like put this halter top on and yeah. make every one of your uh, hooks a double entendre. Yeah, Britney's a great example. That that's kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like I I have no idea whether or not she likes sex at all. <laughs> I could very easily see her being like, uh, you know, this whole thing has been pretty fucking weird for me, and honestly, it's kind of just been a point of pain in my life. Like uh, people seeing me just through that. So if it's all right with you guys, I never want to do it again. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that makes sense to but me. But you're right that Madonna does not really give that off on that level. Like Jessica Simpson, too. Reading her, or I didn't read, I just listened to a podcast about someone who had read her book. But it was pretty long. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple different parts. Um, you definitely left with the impression that uh, this whole thing, like this is not what she wanted at any point Yeah, to be like a big time sex symbol and that really she has pretty conservative feelings about it on the whole. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I got another follow-up. Okay. So last week I told you the story of uh, Alex Stein's mom or grandma, I mean. That's right. Yeah, the city hall guy that was rapping in a, a doctor's outfit yeah he's apparently like got all sorts of wild youtube videos he's, he, he's has a, a he has a creator. grandmother who lived across from highland park high school and she shot a kid that's right and it was all the he news was messing around with 
What, what was he doing? Like throwing stuff? Apparently, according to the reporting in both D Magazine and I think it was Channel 5 at the time, like, and and I, again, I believe all of this as someone who went to school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you lived across the school, across the street from the school, and you were an old lady living there by yourself, that was probably not fun. I mean, you just, nobody's a bigger dickhead than 16, 17, 18 year old boys. Yeah. And like people are just throwing stuff at her house, throwing trash in her yard, parking up on like a, over the curb in her yard. And she just kept telling them like, stop, stop, stop. And they'd what be knocking on her door all night. She said, she said something about, you know, they said they would take my body. Oh yeah. We want your body. <laughs> yeah. And, I'm sorry uh, she had to go through that. She shot at one of the kids in their car when they were driving and hit him in the arm. Yeah. And went to trial, defended herself, I believe was found guilty. Seemed like she got a pretty light sentence, really, if any real sentence. Uh, they're from the Minyards family, so... Which, I guess, I mean, it's good to know that's how that works out, but aren't, aren't you, like, the kid's name was, what was the kid's name? Oh, it was like yeah. Ward Huber the third. Yeah, it very it much had the third. Georgia quarterback vibe. Yeah. Uh so I would think that any kid like that, that if he gets shot, the person's never seen the light of day again. But I would also think that if the Minyards heiress That's right. shot someone, that she wouldn't serve a single day. Yeah. So whenever the immovable object hits the extraordinary for uh, it's not whatever. Un- undeniable force what happens and that, that it's interesting to know that it was a, a conviction that resulted in little time love a little elite trump card you don't see it often yeah usually they're simply crushing you yeah 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 so someone else sent me this article um this is actually from the year before 1985 and i want to say the other one was 86 So it says here, December 1985, D Magazine. Last September, we reported on a mysterious chain of events at 4514 Rollins Street on May 18th. The two-story house owned by Dallas bail bondsman H. Rhett Stein caught fire while someone was, quote, cooking a batch of speed. Okay. Later that day. Love it. A man residing in the house was found dead in a Balch Springs apartment. At the time, Stein had been the target of several state and federal arson-for-hire investigations. Then, on October 26th, there was another fire on Rollins, this time causing an estimated 75 grand in damages. Fire investigators became even more suspicious when the next evening there was yet another blaze. <laughs> what a string of luck. According to a law enforcement source, investigators neglected to do a crime search at the time and stein refused to permit one voluntarily okay so we're just kind of we're pulling tiny little threads here what appears to be a pretty interesting 214 family so what's the just sorry if you i don't know clear i don't know if this is grandfather uh-huh. that would certainly seem to be very this seems more like dad uncle Somewhere in the line of someone said dad is what someone told me. Okay. I don't know that though. Okay. But so the the son of the lady who shot the high school teen is going around burning down buildings for insurance claim reasons. While being a prominent bail bondsman in uh-huh. the Dallas area uh-huh. at the time. You love it. <laughs> you really do. You <laughs> yeah, really I'm looking do. at looking at the street as well. It's uh, right there off Lemon, Lemon in the tollway. 
Just burn down some fucking houses. <laughs> I think it's I think it's just especially cool to be at the time, at any time in your life, at the time Stein had been the target of several state and federal arson for hire investigations. Like well, you know. The guy who's not afraid to go back to that well. Like that's your thing? You you want to <laughs> keep a limited like, number. Shit. If you're on the gotta, scene of a fire. I can't fire, believe I got away with that. They're going to start putting some things together. Yeah, yeah. Although I just, I'm, I can't tell you how furious I am constantly that we didn't live 30 years ago. I mean, like on the one hand, I this is, this is you know, you were talking earlier about the coming of age. I, I early in the podcast was just so excited that we were living now. And in some ways, yes, but it, seems like you just do so much shit back then. You have like aspirations of being like a serial killer? I mean, if I did, I could fucking clean up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Across a number of levels, but just like thinking now, like just your arson catch rate has to have gone up quite a bit since Oh, no doubt. Um, And then another one, the day after MLK Day as we're recording this, uh, I think about this a lot, and I probably brought it to the podcast before. Just what it used to take to be like a a real civil rights, you know, hero as as a white. Like <laughs> uh, Oh man, I did not see that coming. <laughs> you feel that that's a door that has been unjustly closed for you. I'm a great guy, you know. I don't even mind if they eat at the restaurant with me. Right, exactly. The very low bar back then. Hey, I'll uh I'll stay in the same hotel. Yeah, it's cool. It's totally cool. And people are like, wow. Look, <laughs> got, he's got an open heart. Uh, yeah, okay. I see. It's like a, it's like Bill Russell's championships. You're like, well, yeah, yeah there's 10 teams in the league. <laughs> Anybody could have done that if they... <laughs> like okay, lbj like is a giant civil rights here like who did more and like, he's like in, in practical racist. terms <laughs> yeah <laughs> he probably used the n-word the day he saw like you know well i guess we do have to give these uh, their rights oh my god like as he's signing the civil rights bill and i you know it's it's not like there's an lbj day like you know but whatever as far as like uh white figures in the struggle for civil rights lbj is up there i think and uh, yeah, in absolute terms, <laughs> there is no question. I am a much bigger friend to the minority than LBJ is. I would say that's undeniable. Yeah, but like he just he played in an easy era. He did. He could just pile up those stats. And now that like it's just wild too, you know, because now like you go and you, uh, you know, you tell a university that you're black even though you're white. Because you think that'll help the cause. Then they fire you when they find out you're white. Like, this is the sort of stuff we're going through. Or you become the head of the Tacoma, Washington, NAACP because you have some good ideas about how to advance uh, or this community, the better of this community. Cool. All of a sudden, you know, it doesn't make any sense. You just do cool ally stuff like collecting a lot of MLK memorabilia. Yeah. People are flaming you for it's it. It's ridiculous. You're telling me that you just can't accept that a white guy who views the entire world through the lens of a dollar sign, can't tell the Smithsonian to fuck off when they want my MLK signed out as mail from being unjustly put in jail, logger, sold to me, 
by the family of the man who is keeping him in jail. Oh, Jesus. Is that... That's certainly not the sort of justice MLK was fighting for. I don't know anything about... He bought about... it from the warden's family. That's stunning. And the Smithsonian God, was like, rules. we'd like to display it, but you have to give it to us. And he's like, no. Yeah, I'll I, loan it. This is uh, Darren, Darren Ravel. I, I only know what of the story, what you guys sent me in, in the group chat. Yeah. That uh, he oh, was... I know all of it. He was... What, what, it was like a, a Miami... Yeah, fan so, chat. Okay. Here's how it started. But I definitely have, based on what I've heard, I have some opinions. So okay, so I'm, I'm excited to hear the rest. He has had some like really hot nil opinions. I mean, I guess they're not that hot. A lot of people are like, "This is ruining the sport. This is the Wild West. This is not what college sports is about." And Darren Ravel's pulling like tax filings for all these companies that were started within like a day to a month of the nil rule changing. Mm -hmm. And being like, these are shell companies that only exist to play, pay players. It's like fantastic work, Ravel. Uh, yeah. That's obvious. They should do some more of them. And so he, yeah, he uh, was railing about Miami in particular this last week. Uh, had an article on the Action Network and was like, look, at this is the payment to each one of these players. And he's just doing the whole like gatekeeper bit of like, He's going to continuously post each player's name and the money they got and where they got it from in Miami's program. And somebody in the comments was like, you know, this feels a little racist. Like you're mad that these kids – now that may be an uh, unfair charge. They're, he's like, they were like, you know, all the kids you're posting are black and they're getting paid to, pay this, uh, to play the sport. This is racist. And he responded in a deleted tweet, it's cute that you would call me racist – given that I own so much Martin Luther King Jr. memorabilia, and I also own like a Rosa Parks sign NAACP card. So people started throwing at him about that. Then he tweeted his, because that was a reply, his own video of him like, you know, basically showing off all of his top shots. <laughs> got, some, got some cool MLK stuff. Yeah. And so the Miami fans were having a Twitter uh, Spaces thing I think it was just a wide-ranging Miami fans Twitter spaces thing. Someone invites Ravel in, and that's when he gets indignant and is like, why are you guys not allowing me to be a white savior? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, like, It's pretty great overall. <laughs> I, yeah. Obviously, he's doing it wrong. And so, like, of course, people will criticize him. But I just... Of all the people, I just don't know what you think you can get out of him different than that. You know what I mean? Oh, it's the most – for a guy who loves to talk about brands, it's the most on-brand thing ever. Like he literally knows nothing more of the of human existence outside of valuation and possession and material to prove a point. Like to him, love is having memorabilia. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that, like, you know, like on his uh, wife, you know, like uh, on their anniversary or something, that he would be like, I want to show you how much you mean to me. And uh, as a result, I've, uh, you know, like got this commemorative trading card made up, uh, you know, of our first date or something. Like, yeah. He just, he's, I, I don't know. It seems clear enough to me that, like, I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. I don't want to like definitively say that he's autistic or anything so i'm trying to think of like a way to get across what i'm meaning without using those words but like he 
understands the world through a, a lens and like his his limitations to interact with the world around him in the way that normal people do have been on display for a long, long time. Yeah. And this is kind of the most hilarious expression of that that there has ever been. Uh, but I, I think that he comes by all of it, honestly, you know, like I, I don't, I don't know that like he could go to, uh, you know, growing a heart classes and have it work out. You know what I mean? Like I, He's got his worldview. It's not the best one. I would not endorse other people trying to have it. But the man is more himself than anyone that we've run across. Yeah. I mean, here's the way I look at it. Because I think I'm like the complete opposite uh, in that there are very few cases in my life, past, present, and I would say likely in the future, where if I people are upset with me for something that I do not immediately understand why. Mm -hmm. Whereas I don't think he's understood a single time ever. Yeah. And that's why he's like indignant about it is he's like, why are you, why are you not understanding what I'm telling you? I obviously am an ally in the only I have a world bunch of he's occupied. That, that is true. It. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, th this is like, yeah, the, how, you know, <laughs> if you like the jets, you buy a lot of stuff that says jets on it. Yeah. And it's, that's probably not even enough. You might want to tell people how much you paid for it. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Because it's, that's really the ultimate a show of dedication. I mean, yeah. like we've been told, all told that like money is very important. Some people say it's how we keep score in life. <laughs> And I'm just letting you know what kind of tallies, what my score is on loving the Jets. This is a, a firm, you know, easy for people who only live life through numbers kind of thing to understand. And I love black people, which is why I've spent this much buying you know, fucking MLK signature off of a warden. And no parts of this occur to me as problematic. I just wanted to let you know the stats about how good of an ally I am. And you know, the other thing that's weird in the, in the audio, and you find the Twitter spaces thing, like it's also funny when people like that put a like really firm and non-round number delineation of oh, time yeah. on something yeah, yeah, yeah when someone's like i don't know i probably got into that around 10 years ago he's like in the last seven years i have purchased like he knows the moment he started being excited about martin luther king jr and black history in general the, the first like, line that he says in the spaces thing is <laughs> i have more than nine pieces of memorabilia <laughs> why would that phrase ever come out of your mouth it's like it's a very weird if it's thing 10, to say. Say ten. <laughs> if it's more than ten, say like I got double digit number. Yeah. Of like I have a lot. Why would you several. ever land on? <laughs> I mean, it's nine, but I I know there's at least. I mean, I don't know how many. So let's just say more than nine. <laughs> it's incredible, dude. It's incredible, and that's why like he's successful. Because he's impenetrable. Everyone hates the guy. You need uniqueness in the market. I, I believe that's true. Like the, the people that are racking up the big bucks, they're <laughs> offering something that no one else can offer. And no one has been born with Rovell brain more than Rovell. <laughs> so he's, he's offering the market in an entirely unique brand of flavor. And like I know that this had to happen on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So good. I know that it had to happen that way for it to uh, – precipitate this whole scenario uh-huh 
But it's also just perfect that it happened on Right. <laughs> like he his way of thinking about what that day means is thinking about how much money he spent <laughs> buying shit <laughs> from the collection. Oh, I'm just gonna yeah. kind of take just, it down off my shelf and uh, look at it. Yeah, and that's now, what I do to celebrate the equality of all races. Is look at my little tchotchkes <laughs> from the guy who was saying that, that we should all treat each other good. Oh, it's funny. Do you want to do one more thing real how quick? How do they? How do they find out where he bought the? He said it. In the Keynes chat thing? He said it in one of his tweets that he bought it from the warden. Jesus. And again, that is a detail I appreciate. Oh, my God, he admitted. I appreciate his uh, honesty that isn't really even honesty because he doesn't know it's not. Yeah, it's, to, never occurred to him. No, but that's the funniest part about it is that he's like, why would anybody think it's weird that I bought this off the family of the person who was imprisoning uh, unjustly Martin Luther King Jr.? Uh, what do you mean you're connecting the dots that when I purchased this, the family or foundation of MLK received absolutely no compensation for it? Like, he doesn't see that, you know? So did we do this uh, a couple years ago and I just forgot? Like, have we talked about the FBI MLK letter before and I just forgot? I don't know if we have. I mean, you know, it's I feel like it's one of those things that's common. I think it was only published in 2018 or 19. Is that true? Uh, it was either published you or... You got the Wikipedia in front of you, so I shouldn't question you. No, nah, I was just trying to find the actual speech. Uh, okay, 2014. The New York Times published an unredacted version of it when it was unearthed by Yale historian Beverly Gage. I completely missed this, dude. Great job, Beverly. I went to uh, three of the four how to be a good woke boy meetings that month, and I missed this and one. And that was just, yeah, that's tough. Which is, a, it was huge, you know? But, like, I knew that... This was the original uh, reply of kill yourself. Oh. Right? Wait. Aren't they telling him to kill himself? Okay, I see what you're saying. Yes. Now, the original today's, reply. today's modern parlance, yeah. posting kill, a bad tweet and yourself. having someone reply, kill yourself, <laughs> yeah. is, uh, is a thing that occurs. But back then, it was revolutionary <laughs> for the FBI to hop in the replies via post. Yeah, and they were replying a, to MLK's kill yourself. bad post uh, of activism. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'd heard about, you know, obviously the surveillance and the, you know, we're going to out you. But I had never heard about this letter. And I don't even really know the process by which they confirmed that this was written by the FBI. But the fact that it's written from the perspective of a black person, like, it actually says, you know you are a complete fraud and a great liability to all of us Negroes. Mm -hmm. Like, that's in the letter. And it was definitely written by William Sullivan. I don't know how that was confirmed, but I know that has been confirmed. Mm -hmm. And it's unsigned. They're telling him he has 34 days to kill himself. Like, this was not that long ago, dude. Yeah. 
Not that long ago that a not nearly long enough that a federal intelligence agency, or like not intelligence, but a state apparatus, yeah, was sending anonymous letters. People and, employed and, and, by and, the people that you elected were going yeah. around telling you know I mean all With this blackmail stuff. evidence. I know this is kind of like the point that everyone makes about MLK Day to some extent, like uh, or not everyone, but uh, the people I follow on Twitter, <laughs> um, of you know, of like just the, the, talking about how he was unpopular in his time, and so the, this whole like you know modern day thing of everyone being like, well, of course we all agree that MLK is good, yeah, is uh, is just a total erasure of the actual experience. But I I think that there's constant, and I mean like. That one seems somewhat willful erasure, but I, I think that just details of everything get disordered over time. And I, I think that I've made this point a million times, but it's we're very close to the subject matter, and I do think it like every goddamn day, so I'm going to say it out loud again. Of Just uh, the only reason we think that we haven't made progress is because we do not have an ability to comprehend how bad it used to be. Like, you know, whatever you think about, like, well, in the 60s, it was probably, you know, roughly akin to uh, the worst things that were going on were like what the, the Proud Boys do now, you know, and like what what Trump has going on. Yeah. And what you don't realize is that a deputy director of the FBI was writing letters to Martin Luther King saying he should fucking kill himself. <laughs> With a bag full of evidence. Yeah. Blackmail. Yeah, you're right about that. Um, but it's I don't just, think this would happen today. I would tend to agree with that. Now, I do think, I do think we have like more uh, targeted versions of like. I mean, I I have a story for the whatever whenever we do the next podcast this week, of like, have you read about this like British undercover cop that I think this court ruling just came out last month, but his bit was like he was married cop. And I think he, he may have transitioned over to working for the, the, the whatever their federal government is. And his whole thing was like becoming intimate with and living with climate activists. Like people that hmm. were at the leading edge of like fucking with fossil fuel like type companies. he was trying to like seduce them? He did. He would live with them for like a year. He would learn everything about all of their organization, everything. So, and As in, part of his job? Yes. Jesus. And, but those are also people that like nobody knows their names. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. was like on TV. Yeah. You know, so I don't even know what like an analogous person to him would be, you know. And I would say that if you're talking about that would not happen, that would not happen. You know, like if there's somebody like that, I mean, I'm trying to think of somebody even outside of government. You know, like if they did this to Brooklyn Dad, you know. God. That would be huge news. I love <laughs> <laughs> they fucking had a, a psyop going to get on the inside of the operation of Brooklyn Dad Defiant. <laughs> but outside of that, I can't really think of anybody who's not a part of you know he's the just, actual government. He's he's driving the American psyche. We gotta <laughs> we gotta know what's going on. We gotta see inside. But I agree with your general point. I just mean like I know that you know there were people in protest a year, year and a half. No, that's interesting. Goes. They were having like, you know, Fort Worth was very uh, exposed on this front that they had like information that was taking everyone's cell phone data, like just by parking a car 
a police vehicle next to them and be like, these people are showing up at all these. Let's find out where they work, that sort of thing. But nothing yeah, like yeah, this. but uh, none of that is. Uh, we beg you to fucking stick a gun in your mouth and pull. Right, and we also just sent this to your spouse. Yeah, um, and I like. And one, we're not going to prosecute any of the crimes when people try to, you know, break up your movement. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't know the on all of these on all of the murders perpetuated in the '60s. I don't know enough about the specifics. And in the cases, like I feel like I do know a decent amount about the JFK thing. And I think that there is no direct evidence, in my opinion, that uh, like I, I think that Oswald was the only shooter. Well, I mean, I think the FBI guy but, or the Secret Service guy behind him got jumpy, but we don't need to get into the weeds. <laughs> um, I think that the only like actor on the scene of the JFK assassination was Oswald. And, you know, if you want me to like uh, turn over him like a, a movie, you know, video proof that uh, Oswald was driven by the CIA, I, I, I don't have it. But I do look at the things the CIA was doing during that time elsewhere and the brazenness with which they acted, uh, observing which parts of government were trying to expand the CIA's role and which ones were trying to tap the brakes. And then just pointing out that everyone on the tap the brake side just ended up dead. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> something to think about. That's my only point. It's, it's something to think about. We should all ask ourselves questions. I'm pretty sure that his son, the third, has publicly stated that he does not believe that James Earl Ray killed his father. I saw there was a, like uh, he, he's, a podcast about it, and I'd, I'd like to listen to that. About just you know what what was going on exactly, and I you know I don't know I don't, I like or maybe the James Earl Ray was someone that the CIA I I don't fucking on all of it like you know they're good at what they do uh, there's a lot of stuff that's uh, you know been pretty wrapped up for example we still don't have all the fucking JFK documents that like they they admit to you know let yeah. alone the ones that they agreed were never going to exist um, but it, as far as the the things are actually much we've actually made much more progress than you think um i want to be clear about what exactly implications that holds in my opinion because i think that a way of reading what i'm saying is that actually things are going great um and so you shouldn't you know complain about how they are mm -hmm. and that is not what i think what i think is that we should give ourselves full credit for how much improvement has been made so that we can have a full understanding of how much good in the world can come from activism and you know it's motivation everyone yeah like if i think that you can lead to, i think that despair leads to inaction you can create despair by being like look at this past 50 years nothing's any better and my point would be that actually things are way fucking better because all this stuff does work and it does make a difference you know little by little and so we should continue to uh do the highest good that we can do and that is podcasting <laughs> all right that's a good place to stop. Well said. We'll see you. <laughs> That's it for tonight. The high school special is next. So until tomorrow, for everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.